Welcome to the Carl Reader Show. Hey guys, it's Carl Reader here with another episode of Unlock the Magic. Now, these episodes are where I go into more depth than I do in my Be Your Own Boss interviews or my Bullet Point Business episodes. And I really focus down on one key area of business that I feel that can help you, whether it's in your career or within your own business. Now, I tend to take inspiration for these episodes from things that have happened to me recently, from things that have happened to business owners that I know, and also from books that I've read. So I was thinking about what is the third most common book that I recommend business owners read. Now, obviously, the first and second are my own books, but the third is a book called The Four Hour Workweek by a gentleman named Tim Ferriss. Now, many of you who've listened to podcasts before will know of Tim Ferriss. He runs The Tim Ferriss Show. It's a fantastic podcast. Tim, if you're listening, I would love to have you as a guest on this show. Um, but his first book and where he really made a name for himself was from his book, The Four Hour Workweek. Now, the title of this book is actually a bit of a misnomer because it's not about working four hours at all. I'm certain that Tim doesn't only work four hours. I'm certain that most people who read the books and implement the procedures successfully don't work four hours. But it's about generating maximum output from minimal input. So what do I mean by that? Let me first focus on the fundamental concept of the book. Okay, and this is the concept that allows you to live this dream four-hour work week should you wish to. Ferris explains that there is a concept that he titles as DEAL. Delegate, eliminate, automate and liberate. Now, I have a slight bone of contention in that I would change the order round slightly. So let me run with the way that I would approach it and the way that I have approached it together with some examples of what's been done here. So first of all, eliminate. It's really important if you want to maximise the impact that you can have in your business, in your career, in your life, Um, whether it's working, whether it's spending time with your family, it's important to eliminate anything that's unnecessary. Now, I will come on to another book by a gentleman called Stephen R. Covey later on. Um, And he talks about his quadrants and there is a certain section that is just for elimination. So elimination should be focused on anything that doesn't actually need to be done. Now, you might read some time management books that would suggest completely eliminating recreational activities, eliminating um, leisure time in front of a TV, um, going out, socialising and so on. I think that is madness. You need to make sure that you maintain a, a work-life balance. You need to maintain your family relationships, your, your social relationships, etc., etc. But there will be things that you do that you know deep down you can cut down on. Maybe mindlessly scrolling through social media platforms. I know I'm guilty of that myself. Um, maybe binge-watching TV where half an hour would do the trick. The focus is to make sure that before you start optimising the impact of your activities, that you actually strip out the activities that you don't need to do first of all, because that will free up a remarkable amount of time if you're like most people. Next up is the delegation. So you will see that I've swapped around. Uh, He would focus on delegation, then elimination. I'm focusing on elimination and then delegation. Now, 
there's a number of different ways of delegating, but the real challenge, uh, particularly for startup businesses and those who are employed, is who do you delegate to? So within the book, Tim refers to his virtual assistants that he employs. Um, he employed a offshore team over in the Philippines. I've tried this myself. I personally didn't make it work, but I do know some who have done. Um, but he used them to uh, perform tasks for him, such as email management, such as um, doing things online, data research, um, typing up reports, things like this. You need to look at everything you do. And this comes into play whether you're delegating overseas, whether it's to a PA um, that's on site, or whether you're delegating to a staff. You need to look at what you do and rank both the importance of what you do, um, let's say one to 10, but also the necessity for you to be involved. One of the traps that I personally see is that many entrepreneurs in particular feel that they have to be actively involved in everything themselves, that they have to be the one doing what they're doing. They have to be the one that actually um, does task A, task B, task C, rather than getting other people to do it. Because they've heard phrases such as, if a job's worth doing, you have to do it yourself. Uh, they've heard phrases like, you can't trust anybody. And unfortunately, what that does is it just causes a bottleneck. Now, that bottleneck is not only impactful on the results that you can achieve, but it's impactful on the results that everybody else around you can achieve as well. It means that nobody will be working to their maximum performance and their maximum capability. It also means that the quality of output that you're putting out there as well is dramatically impacted. You will find that customers, suppliers, other stakeholders will notice that you are the only person who can get everything done by Friday. We all know those people, don't we? So you need to make sure that you're able to delegate effectively, um, but more importantly, that you can identify exactly what can be delegated and be honest with yourself, you're not that important. Now, I did this myself and I was really quite staggered. Um, this was about 10 years ago. I looked at everything that I could potentially delegate to somebody else. What was it that didn't need me? And it was about 95% of the stuff on my to-do list. I then became quite ruthless in delegating. If something didn't need me, I would delegate it. I would make sure that I spend the time telling the person what I want out of it. I would make sure that I spend the time following up appropriately to make sure that it was done properly. I actually made sure that that whole process was monitored and managed correctly. Now, to do that took a whole lot longer than just doing it myself. And that's the reason why a lot of people don't delegate is that it does take time, it does take effort. But the knock-on impact of that, once you've done it properly, is that you have people who are better than you doing stuff for you. And it allows you to really focus on the important stuff that you want to. So whether there's a bit of a business that you really enjoy, you can focus on that. Whether it's that you want to release yourself to work more on the business than in it, whether you want to be dreaming, coming up with a big picture strategy, whatever it is that you want to be doing, you can do. Now, the next part of this um, concept is automation. And let's be honest, there's a lot of automation out there now and a lot of us are resistant to use it. 
we should absolutely use technology wherever we can to reduce our own human input. So if it's something as simple as, um, I, I don't know, for example, using dictation software, or whether it's as simple as um, paying for some software as a service, um, you know, perhaps like our sponsors QuickBooks to automate the bank feed processing. Whatever it is, we need to look at what it is that we can automate so that we're not spending time recreating what a machine can probably do better than us, more accurately than us, and more frequently than us. So we need to have a very open set of eyes as to where human input is needed. So not just where your own input is needed, as you looked at through the delegation, but actually where human input is needed altogether. Um, we need to be very honest with ourselves on that, and then we need to research the tools that can help us to do that. The next stage of the process that Ferris talks about is liberation. Now, I'm not going to talk about liberation too much here because liberation means different things to different people. You know, when I first read the book, and in fact, every time that I give the book away, I tell people to ignore the fact that it's a young guy living a young guy's dream. OK, he was talking about, um, you know, crossing various borders and doing various um, activities overseas and traveling and living a bit of a playboy lifestyle. That's not going to cut it for most of us. You know, for some of us, all we want is a Friday afternoon on a golf course, perhaps, or some time with the family. Maybe it's um, the ability to go out for lunch three, three times a week guilt-free without the pressing to-do list. Sometimes it is just as simple as wanting to get home to have dinner and put the kids to bed. Sometimes that is it. So liberation isn't necessarily the correct word. Um, but the important thing here is to think about what are you going to do with this time that's freed up? Are you going to use it to maximise your output even more? So to continue to work as much as you are at the moment, but far more effectively? Or are you going to take the choice of this time that you've been gifted through paying attention to this stuff and actually use it somewhere outside of your business? Now, that will touch on to the wheel of life, which I'm sure will be a subject for a future episode. Now, some specific points that I've used from this book, some specific concepts, which I would like to share with you. The first, I've not actually done myself in terms of running a business. However, I've used the strategies, and that's in relation to setting up online campaigns. Now, within the book, the author talks about how you can run what he calls a muse. Uh, now, a muse is a business that can generate a small amount of income with minimal input. I've used some of the techniques that he uses to split test campaigns, um, to gauge demand before launching a service. You know, that's how I've used them. But certainly if you're interested in building an online business or perhaps a training business or a consultancy business, I would suggest that that part of a book is well worth reading. The bit that's been transformative for me is the email management. So anyone who emails me will know that I don't do emails, okay? They're not my bag. So all of my emails go to my PA. Now, there's an autoresponder. So if somebody sends an email to me, they get an autoresponse saying um, that I don't check my emails. They're all monitored by my PA and they will probably be dealt with by the team before I even see them. Now, my PA will then send the emails out. So if it's a customer matter, it will go to the customer manager. 
If it's a new client inquiry, it will go to our onboarding team. If it's somebody trying to pitch us, let's say marketing services, it will go to the marketing team. I won't see it. Okay. Now, I get my emails fairly regularly, I would say. It's about once or twice a week nowadays. Um, When I get them, it's only the emails that I absolutely need to see. And it should only be the emails that I need to respond to. Now, those that I respond to personally, they also have a signature which says, please don't expect an urgent response to this. I don't check emails. If you want to speak to me urgently, have a chat with my PA and she will make sure that it's dealt with. So if it truly does need me, it will go through to me. If it doesn't and can be handled by someone else in my team, my PA will manage that for me. Now, that has been transformative to my quality of life. Look, Before putting that in place, I was having about 150, 200 emails per day. It's now down to about five or six every time I check. It has honestly transformed the way I work. It's transformed my relationship with communications from being glued to a BlackBerry to actually being more like it was when we had physical posts coming through the mailbox. So that's worked a whole lot better for me. Now, to, to sum all of this up, I would like to touch on The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Now, this is a book by a gentleman called Stephen R. Covey. Uh, Most of you would have heard it. It's one of the classic self-help books. And what he does is that he proposes that there's a time management matrix. And if you can imagine a matrix cut into four corners, you've got important and urgent. Okay, this is stuff like the office is burning down. Okay, this is the stuff you have to deal with. You drop what you're doing you deal with it. It's putting the fires out. The second is important, but not urgent. Now, this is the quadrant of things that often tends to get missed, okay? This is the stuff that you know you should be doing. Planning for next year, okay? Making sure that your business is future-proofed. Making sure that you send the courtesy emails or the courtesy phone calls to people that don't need them, they're not shouting for them, but it will keep them happy. Okay, that's the stuff that you should be doing to prevent the emergencies in quadrant one. Quadrant three is the not important but urgent. This is the ringing phone. Okay, when the phone rings, it might be urgent to the other person. It might be important to the other person. But to you, it's urgent because you can't get away from that phone call. You can't get away from that ringing sound, but it's not necessarily important. So you need to be very selective insofar as how you deal with those. Um, The email management tools I mentioned before is just one method of overcoming those. And the fourth is the not important and not urgent. Now, you don't need me to tell you what to do with those. We've already covered that off. So guys, listen up. That's just a bit of an insight into the time management tools that I've taken from other people and that have worked for me. Now, I hope that you found this episode useful. I'm sure that you're aware that we've got a competition running. So if you would like to win chance to get a ticket for QB Connect, which is the leading show for business owners, it's packed full of seminars and exhibitors, then please go to www.carlreader.com forward slash competition. You'll see there's three simple steps that you need to follow and then register your details And we will be selecting some lucky winners from there. You never know, you might even get a signed copy of my book as well. So please do that. It's courtesy of our sponsors, QuickBooks. Um, 
If you've liked the podcast, please do subscribe for future episodes, write a review, share it out there. If there's anything that you'd like me to cover off, please reach out to me on social media at Carl Reader and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening to The Carl Reader Show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell your friends. This podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, D&T Advisory, helping you unlock the magic in your business by adding value, not numbers. Find out more at www.team-dt.com. QuickBooks, helping UK small businesses stay on top of their finances.